0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. We are so excited to be spending some time with you today as we continue our mission of making Central and Appalachia, Kentucky a more generous, vibrant, engaged, and equitable community. And I don't know about you all, but this fall weather is truly putting the love bug in my heart for our state. I just recently traveled to Disney World for my best friend Elizabeth's birthday. And when I tell you I could not breathe, I really mean that. The air was so thick and it was still like hot, hot, like 100 degrees hot. And the second I landed back in Louisville, I was like, give me that 70 degree weather. My boots are about to be broken out. My dad's sweaters are about to make a comeback. And I'm on the lookout for Kentucky pumpkin patches. So if you have one in mind, Or, I don't know, you want to invite me to one, I'm ready, so you just let me know. But before we go pumpkin picking, go ahead and give Bluegrass Community Foundation a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at bgcfky, or visit our website at bgcf.org to stay updated on this show and all of our giving and do-good opportunities in our community. You can also join us right here on the Do Good Radio Hour every Monday at 2 p.m. on Radio Lex, or you can find every episode available right now on Apple Podcasts. Today's guests have quickly become two of my favorite people. They are joining us from Legacy Greenscapes out of Clark County. And let me tell you, these ladies not only love Clark County in general, but they love Legacy Grove Park and what they do and all the opportunities they have to serve their community. It's honestly so beautiful and I'm so excited for you to hear them and know them and love them just like we do. Here is Deborah Jackson and Hope Brecker. We're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming. How long is the drive from where you all are?
1: How long was 26 it? 26 minutes, I believe.
0: Oh, really? That was it? That's not oh, bad. Yeah. That's no. also very precise. I really like that answer. <laughs> 26 minutes. That's what Google says. <laughs> now, you all are hailing from Clark County. We are. Yeah. And I honestly don't know much about Clark County, but I have one fun fact that I would like to check with you all because it could have been a lie that someone told me. I have heard that Clark County is the birthplace of beer cheese. And if that is true, I'm moving. I believe (laughs) it
2: is true. And we'll be looking for some housing for you soon. Yes, (laughs)
0: please. We know
2: a park you can live next to that's gorgeous. That would be fantastic. I have a dog. He can run free. It'll be a great time. We are known for beer cheese (laughs) and ale eight, and they go
0: great together. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm from Greensburg, Kentucky, which is where Ski is from. I don't know if you all know what ski is. It's kind of like uh, 7 Up. Oh, soda pop. It's delicious. Yeah. Very sugary, hurts everybody's bellies, but it's a great time. Yeah. So, why don't you all just take a few minutes to introduce yourselves and then tell us a bit about what Legacy Greenscapes is and how you all got started? I'm Deborah Jackson, and I'm the executive
2: director of Legacy Greenscapes. And for those who don't know about us, we are a nonprofit organization. Housed um, out of Winchester, Kentucky. And we are um, our greater mission as a nonprofit is to provide access uh, to green space for everyone, an equitable green space too. So that's our big umbrella mission. Um, I've been with the organization. I am the first executive director, and I've been with the organization since the park opened that we run um, October of 2020, right? smack dab in the
1: middle of the (laughs) pandemic, and we'll talk more about that impact as well. And my name is Hope Brecker, I'm the program coordinator. I've been on since February, so brand new to the park. It's been really exciting to come on and I'm, Resident of Clark County, a Brea College graduate, and a recent graduate from uh, EKU Parks and Rec. So, Woo-hoo! Very excited.
0: <laughs> I am an eternal colonel as well. Oh, nice. Exciting. Yes, my best friend Elizabeth, <laughs> she was a Parks and Rec girl at EKU. So nice. she's very cool. She's the light of my life. So, You mentioned the park a little bit, and that got started in 2020 from the Greater Clark Foundation. So tell us a little bit about, one, that park, it's Legacy Grove, Mm -hmm. but also tell us what it means to operate and maintain a park, because that's really your all's position, right? It is.
2: It is. And let me tell you a little bit about the park and its history Mm -hmm. first, because I think it's pretty incredible, and it has a lot to do with our mission. Um, the park is actually located, it's 30 acres, located on the former site of the Clark Community Hospital. So when the Clark Community Hospital was sold, the, the proceeds of that sale and the land was given to the Clark, uh, Greater Clark Foundation. And they became the stewards, not only of the funding, but also of the land itself. And the old hospital was torn down. It, wasn't, it was no longer viable as a, as a hospital space or any type of space. And the community had to decide what to do with that, um, that 30 acres. And so they brought in, they had a lot of community meetings. There were a lot of ideas. But what, the finally, what they finally decided on was a park for the community. And so out of that came Legacy Grove Park. Um, it has been around longer than than we have been around with the organization. It has been around and being developed for years. Mm-hmm. About five years it took to develop this park, and then Legacy Greenscapes is the nonprofit, and we are now the stewards of the park. Um, we maintain it, operate it. Um, provide programs, which is what HOPE was brought on to do. And we've been doing that, like I said, since we opened. But um, so our history of, the history of that park is really interesting because it's all based on health and wellness, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool because a lot of the people in Clark County, and if they're listening, they're gonna get this they were born there. Mm -hmm. They probably went to school in the school building that's right next door. Even at our event last night, so many people said, I was born right (laughs) where that park is located. And so for that reason, I think that's a cool connection that people have to the space itself.
0: It's very foundational.
2: Yeah. And so now they see little people, you know, who (laughs) were born probably two years ago playing in the same space. And I think that 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 mission of health and wellness for our community has been super important to our organization now that we, you know, are caretakers of this amazing space in our community. I do want to touch on the maintenance aspect because hope is a huge part of that um, process. And, And just to reflect on, like, how our organization was created, it was created in 2017 as a nonprofit, got our first executive director in 2020. That is... I was the one and only um, employee for a year and a half almost. And then we got enough funding. Of course, we raised funds to bring Hope on board. And Hope's role is not only with program and events. It has a lot to do with maintenance of the park. Mm -hmm. And so, Hope, I wondered if you have any comments. She has actually brought to light so many (laughs) of the maintenance issues because it's 30 acres of growing green you know also everything in the park is wood and all of those (laughs) things do you want to comment on that at all
1: yeah for sure when I came on you know you think program coordinator you think a lot about programming yes and what's really neat about uh, programming is I'm allowed to work with volunteers and so with volunteers you can really open that up to instead of just bringing in contractors you can think about the different components about the park and think how can we bring in the community to not only help, but with doing so, they also take more ownership and they're more likely to care for that park. So anything, I also have a construction background from Berea, so walking in, the first thing I noticed was like, wood, what what are we doing to care for this wood? Mm -hmm. And and this is something very easy, wood staining is very easy to do with volunteers, so we're able to get that done. And then we also have anything from trail maintenance, um, pretty much anything that I think we can tackle at a pretty basic skill level, Mm -hmm. I always questioned with Deborah, like can we try to get volunteers (laughs) to take some of this off our scope of work? And so we're experimenting with that. So it's kind of new. Sometimes I think we get in a little overhead with bigger scopes of work, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to see what we can do in a a reasonable amount of time. So we've done anything from nature trail maintenance. um, Obviously our events are an easy one for volunteers, but as far as maintenance, I mean, it's a huge, we have a 30 acre park. Mm There's so many living, breathing things, including the wood and then the nature trail that needs constant maintenance. And I think there's something to be said about um, empowerment through maintenance. So whether it's learning a new skill or learning about invasive species, to me, it's an educational tool that you can use. So it's been really great to see families impacted, whether it's a teenager coming with their parent to do invasive species removal or just... um, you know, our Girl Scout who's working on mixing concrete as we put in, you know, nature trail signs or um, diverting water. So she's learning all those skills um, when we could have possibly contracted it out, you know.
0: When I think of maintenance, I think of things that are very indoors. Can you tell us about some of the projects that you do that is a requirement to maintenance of a park?
1: Gosh, yeah, everything <laughs> yeah i mean we have like the basic I mean, Deborah could go into more of the contractual things that we have to do to mm-hmm. keep a clean safe park uh, and then the, and then anything outside of the daily things that we just can't keep up with daily you know that's where we can come in with our volunteer programs but i don't know if you want to talk more about just keeping it safe and clean
2: yeah so we do um so we, r- we raise money we have a budget that we, that we raise the money to support and and a lot of that um goes into the behind the scenes work of our organization and the behind the scenes is the stuff that people don't really see but they all appreciate of course. um and that's you know turf management um Keeping everything clean, like like Hope was saying, you know, we you don't see any garbage at the park because we do contract services for some of that. That, that is a little beyond the scope of both the volunteers and the two of us who are trying to manage um, a park together. So um, that has been a big part of it. I think what the community sees are all the great events, a clean, beautiful park if they were to look behind, and we've actually started to take some pictures of what we do behind <laughs> the scene, because there are, there are some really technical things that, that she and I can even maintain um, at the park. And in order to be good stewards of donor monies, um, what Hope was saying, anything we can ask volunteers to do, do ourselves or get the community involved, we'll do that rather than paying out those dollars. Um, we'd rather those dollars go to programming We'd rather they go to bringing the community together for events and those types of things. Sure. Because
0: we were talking a little bit about education and how, you know, you have these Girl Scouts who are coming in and these volunteers who are learning technical skills. I also know that you all partner with AmeriCorps Mm -hmm. and have more educational programs. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, we've we've um, partnered with AmeriCorps for years. Actually, even before the the park was built, we had AmeriCorps members working there. And then during the pandemic, we had an AmeriCorps member as well who was doing like online um, environmental education. And then last year, we were able to um, have an outdoor education program. And so our AmeriCorps member, Catherine Smith, who's here in Lexington. So hopefully she'll hear that.
0: Hi, Catherine. Yes.
2: <laughs> she really kicked off our wild, it's called Wild Wonders. It's outdoor education that we provide free to the community's children and families throughout the summer. And we're actually, um, this year, after Catherine established that last summer, Hope came in and she provided the same type of education this summer and has actually extended it through the year. So even as kids go back to school, we're still providing that outdoor experience, um, not only to children kind of just in the community, but also we do have community school groups coming in now, um, and we're doing a lot more of their visits. But AmeriCorps was really a a staple of that development. um, And we're looking right now, in fact, we're trying to get our feelers out there and find um, our AmeriCorps member for this year. Mm Very interested. We have both positions for AmeriCorps um, Environmental Education Leadership member, and we're also kind of recruiting internships as for interns as well, and we've, we're open to that. So, both of those. Again, there are, we are. We are the staff of <laughs> Legacy Grainscapes. We doubled our numbers this year, but we depend so much on our. Um, our partnerships with other organizations in the community and that's too important as well not only americorps but we and i've described this so many times in the past couple of days we without partnerships especially from our community and i tell you clark county shows up when you need them without those partnerships we would not be able to do anything we do at the park Mm -hmm. we've got the school systems the family resource centers 4-h we've got the, you know, tree board, we've got the forest department, everybody comes to help us. And um, I think they're making us great, you know, and I don't know that we could do it without them.
0: The 12th Annual Good Giving Challenge kicks off November 29th, and this year is going to be the biggest year yet. Hosted by Bluegrass Community Foundation and Smiley Pete Publishing's the Good Giving Challenge is an online giving challenge for local nonprofits that has brought Central and Appalachia, Kentucky together to raise $17 million for over 100 local nonprofits. That's a lot of money, y'all. If you want to learn more about the Good Giving Challenge and how you can participate, visit bggives.org. That's bggives.org talk a little bit about the technical aspects of the park because we talk about the stretching of imagination and the hands-on play and what it means to be daring and creative. How does the park introduce that to kids and how does it help cultivate that play? Well,
2: um, I'll make a few comments and then hope I know you probably have some too, but one thing we don't do is tell children how to play at Mm -hmm. our park. And if you look at it, I mean, even adults, I think they come in and they're so surprised about how it looks because it's very nature-based and and free-play oriented, and we're really about children being creative, problem-solving themselves, creating relationships with each other. And there isn't really anything there. There is, um, let's say, maybe two swings in the entire park. There isn't a jungle gym. The slides are really strange and different. <laughs> There's lots of um, rock at the park, large limestone climbing. There's lots of, of climbing boulders. There's wooden structures for climbing. And so I think it lends itself to creative play. Um, and that, that the park was built with lots of intention. Um, it was built for just that reason, to be something different and to focus on those Um, creative play aspects the other thing about the park that should be noted is it was also created to be fully inclusive to allow children to participate at whatever level of play they want to participate Mm -hmm. or can Um, so we do have access to everything at the playground we have soft smooth spaces for play we have a lot of um, musical instruments for children who find you know their creativity through music We have accessible streams where you can roll a wheelchair or a walker right into the stream and participate just like every other child. And so that was really important. Mm -hmm. Um, Hope and I can't take credit for the design, but we definitely get to be the ones who benefit from it by being Mm -hmm. able to provide the programs.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think um, going into um, Discovery Days, which we're going to get into, is certain parts of the park are very intentional on just Appalachian culture. So even though that's not necessarily the technical um, components, culturally there's so much underlying things that people look but you know walk by and don't see whether it's right. the ginseng structure that's like mm-hmm. the, the the main piece of the park to the foothills of that you know, we have these little foothills to represent the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. We have anywhere from horses represent you know the horse country. Um, we have a little kind of fort to rec- represent kind of that time period in the eighteen hundreds from our new mural that was just installed that has a lot of cultural symbols within that. So I think there's a lot of undertones, which for me as an educator, I can kind of bring to life through programming. So I've been trying to do that more as like bringing those components to life, um, whether it's the ginseng, which people probably you know don't always notice that it's mm-hmm. a ginseng, or the dulcimer, um, it's this uh, equipment that's shaped like a dulcimer. I love the dulcimer, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so pretty. So we just recently did a program on that because I think kids see that and they don't even know what a dulcimer is. So it's an opportunity to talk about history and talk about music. So to me, it's just a great classroom.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And before we move on to the actual programming, I want to go back to what you said about being accessible for all children. And I know that that is, I don't want to say it's uncommon, but it is could be considered uncommon for a park to be accessible to children of all ages and accessibility levels. Why is that? Why is that something that we don't see incredibly often? Oh, that's a good question. I think because it
2: takes a lot of planning um, and I think it takes a lot of intention to do that. Um, you know, and and one of the things in the development of this park where there were a lot of, a lot of, um, Creative, thoughtful minds that came together to plan the park. Um, it wasn't just, you know, the well. One thing about the park that we know very, de- uh, very intimately is that it wasn't a. Co- it's not a cookie cutter park. You can't hardly find a single thing in our park in a catalog. Mm-hmm. It was all created um, by hand. It was all created just purposefully for the park. Um, and so, you know, it might be that some of those things do get expensive for communities sure. to afford. Um, there are ways of doing it, you know, that, that aren't so much like our stream. You know, the stream, it just has a few entry points that really make a difference. Um, and we do have some children who have re- visited recently who were in wheelchairs. And we just had the opportunity to talk to um, their teachers. They came from a classroom in Paris and just talk to them about what that means to them, to be able to encourage their students to do the same thing that the other child across the stream is doing, and it just makes a world of difference. I mean, down to, and I have to mention this for Beth Jones, who um, was had quite a lot to do with the park and its development, um, down to a, an adult-size changing table in our restroom. Mm-hmm. No one would have ever thought that that would be important, but when you have a middle school child who is the size of an adult who needs to change, um, and you're you know you're a, a teacher or a para who is involved in that, that uh, the women I remember from that community school group were just so thankful; mm-hmm. they were almost in tears. Um, so I think it is it is a challenge. You really just have to commit to it to doing that. I know that more parks are trying to do that, um, and I applaud them. We were lucky that in the on the front end of design of Legacy Grove Park, that was always a part of their thought process was how to how all children will play with each one of the elements at the park so they're not having to retroactively think of that and i know a lot of established parks kind of struggle with that so
0: right yeah and there is scientific proof that being in green spaces and being outside and having that creative play that does something for not only developing children but it does something for everybody so it can does. you all talk about kind of the science behind that and the importance that a community park brings to a place like Clark County
2: Well, we should talk a little bit about the rest of the park, too, to give everybody a good idea of what this park is. It's not just a playground. It's 30 acres, and we have a one-mile accessible walking track around the entire park, and there are two dog parks in the park. Um, And I think during the pandemic, actually, the year that we were really closed up and staying at home, I think parks everywhere... Saw a lot of visitors, mm-hmm. and the reason for that was because being at home inside your house um, wasn't that great anymore. And toward the you know toward the time where being outside, masked, and being able to play or walk for adults, mental health um, needs that space. And so, I think for our community, we saw um, quite a lot of people at the park during that time. Um, It's only increased since then now, but uh, I think that that made a big impact on the health and wellness of our community, um, was that the access to that green space, not only at our parks, but at all the parks in our community, and we do have a parks and rec system there as well. So um, I think that, that... You know, the research shows, but I think the pandemic was proof Mm, that parks, green spaces and open, you know, open, wide, um, beautiful places can really help support us through times of crisis.
0: Right. Now, you all have been super busy all summer long. You've had Discovery Days and Legacy Nights. How is that expanding into the fall and what can we expect coming up?
1: Well, what we had over the summer was called Wild Wonders, which is going to look a little similar to what we have ahead of us. Um, we found uh, Wild Wonders to be super successful. We had about 25, up to 50 kids per session, so we had a morning session and afternoon session, um, mainly younger folks uh, from 3 to 12. And what I found is that there was a community kind of forming of parents, homeschool parents, or just parents of younger age students. So. Um, at the end of Wild Wonders, um, we decided to take a little survey and decide, you know, do you guys want to do something in the fall? <laughs> when do you want to do it? What do you want to talk about, you know, during these sessions? And so we had, I thought, a really great response. Um, and I knew that if I didn't jump on the momentum that I would lose that community, mm-hmm. um, that community engagement and kind of uh, just those relationships that were built. Um, And so we decided after a week or two of taking a break and doing probably a couple other things at the park during those two weeks that I wanted to keep that at least once a week where we could um, bring those kids back out into the park. And uh, another thing that Deborah and I were talking about is just seasonal, like having um, our park kind of really go in the flow of the season. So Wild Wonders is about summer and about just seasonal environmental programming and discovery days my intention was to go in and have more free play and just get the kids out there together and so I'm kind of learning I just went in with a few themes mainly based on the park and the different attributes of the park so I looked around and I'm like what what parts are we not using that are so Mm -hmm. cool about the park so the first thing that I noticed was the the posts that we have at the park there's posts for Um, loose play parts building so we have bamboo sticks and we call them sails like you know different material that you can build uh, you know forts and different things so as a nerd about forts and living near Fort (laughs) Boonesboro you know I'm like there's a great opportunity for history but also just letting kids take all these materials that unfortunately we can't leave out and just let's have a very intentional program where they can design and share their designs so our first one came out of the gate really strong um, around Fort Building um, we have someone so every Friday from 11 to 12 p.m. we have these um, discovery days um, and so it's very similar to Wild Wonders with that age group and then we're gonna take different um, different traits around the parks we'll do streams mountain days and bring in also professionals like our partner organizations the Department of Forestry um, we have someone that um, is with the city that does stream cleanup so she'll, she'll come out and then we'll have a little STEM. Like it's, you know, they get sick of seeing me every week probably. <laughs> so if I can bring in someone that's actually in the field, I think that's really great. But then we also have a lot of things. Speaking of health, like next week, we're going to have a um, our drive-through flu um, clinic. And then we have walker. But we have so many walkers. I mean, walkers are such a big part, walkers mm-hmm. and runners around our pathway. So we have anything from our... Walker Appreciation Days on September or day on September twenty second. Um, we have, I mean, I can go through the list, but I feel like it would go on forever. But we have nature trail days, so we're working with our Girl Scout. We were there last Saturday on the twenty fourth. Her troop's going to come out, and we're going to continue her project. Um, our drum circles that was another one, but we started a drum circle with one of our partner organizations. Um, we're trying to find ways to engage with the youth but also intergenerational events. And so we kind of on a whim did this drum circle, not knowing who would show up. And I think there were about 80 to 90 participants on our first drum circle. So now we're going on our... I think fourth drum circle it's now we have a
2: monthly drum
1: circle oh, <laughs> No one drum never knew. circle yeah <laughs> and knew? it's
2: wonderful it really is yeah
1: so it's um that's at the every month we're trying to have this during our warmer seasons mm-hmm. so we should have a couple more. Our next one is September 28th that's at the park from 6 to 8 p.m. There's about 40 people that come out and I'd say a good mix of different ages different walks of life it's a real joy to see just everyone out there different experiences, um, and so that's been our, I, we always say our biggest surprise because we didn't realize that Winchester was was dying for a drum circle. Um, <laughs> we have a fundraiser, the Walk and Roll, coming out on October 8th, um, and then of course Legacy Nights, you've probably seen that. Mm-hmm. We just had one last night, so we'll have one on October 11th where we have live music, local vendors, some kid booths. Um Our sponsors come out. And we've been about 200 to 300 people come out for those events. So it's been well attended, super fun. I mean, just so many people in the neighborhood come out and get to engage. And live music is always a joy in Winchester. And then um, coming up in October uh, is an event that I've been trying to grow momentum for, which is our Skillshare. Um, That'll be where people throughout the community will come out to share a skill, anything from mushroom inoculation to beekeeping, mushroom identification, chainsaw sharpening. She so doesn't want to know that. Axe throwing Axe throwing <laughs> um, What I love is that it's really the community's driving what's going to be at that event. Right. Yeah. Um, we lean on our partners who we know are skilled to come out, but individuals can also go out. I think we have a primitive fire-making compost. So I think we have vermiculture coming out. Um, our vermicomposting. I'm probably missing a few because they're still rolling in. <laughs> sure. But the idea is, once again, going around empowerment. I mean, we want Legacy Grove. We don't want to do what's already happening around our community. We want to do something a little different. We find that programs around arts, music, skills are really what's kind of driving how we do our programming. Environmental education is um, as we've mentioned before so and what I'll say beekeeping and chainsaw
0: sharpening are pretty unique <laughs> programs yeah. so I think you all are doing a great job with that
2: yeah and that is true we really are um, I think and I think we're becoming known for it um, for not replicating other programs but also for the quality programs we're providing. Um, we get a big turnout our focus has always been on environmental education and and hope is helping us expand that a little bit to include like the Skillshare idea so we're looking at adults now and getting them involved and then um like she said our legacy nights you know our legacy nights program um lauren mink is a hometown hero of ours um, she is a singer she sings in lexington all the time and she's a singer-songwriter and Um, She came to me and a couple of other of our community members and they said, Deborah, we know you've always wanted to do live music at the park and let's make it happen. And so, again, that was when I was actually a solo act um, for those first couple of years or first year and a half. And without their help, we would never have had six. We're going on our sixth. October will be our sixth and final legacy nights where, you know, art and music bring people together. Food brings people together. And a big part of all of the programs that Hope is talking about here are about community. Um, and that is one of the you know, founding principles of our organization, as well as the park, was that it brings people together as a community. Mm-hmm. We want everyone to feel that Legacy Grove Park is their park, Um, A lot of times, you know, communities will take parks and that's your park on that side and that's your park on that side and this is our neighborhood park and Legacy Grove continues to be and it is a huge part of our mission to make sure that it always remains um, the community's park, Clark County's park, and we have visitors from outside of the county and we wanna make sure everyone's welcome there.
0: Mm. Now let's do a quick recap on dates. We've got Legacy Nights, we've got Skillshare, when are all of these things happening?
1: Our next next legacy night will be October 11th. That's a Tuesday evening. And usually we start that off around 5 o'clock. I think that's when our food trucks start mm-hmm. warming up. And music usually ends around 8, but I know it's going to get a little darker, I think, yeah. uh, in October. So we might try to wrap that up a little earlier. And then October 22nd uh, is our Skillshare, and that is scheduled for 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Great, And we'll start promoting that, so you'll probably see some highlighted um, instructors, you know, on our Facebook. So I encourage you to keep following our Facebook. That's usually, that's Instagram and Facebook is where we put a lot of our um, programming information. And then our drum circle, just so you guys know, we've got one September 28th coming up, as well as October 26th. And we really do encourage people that, you know, are not drummers to come out, and they will learn, you know, it's really you know, fun for yeah. even
2: the very beginners. Um, we have a really welcoming group there.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, with so many programs happening, there has to be a need for more volunteers yes. and things yes. of that sort. So, what immediate needs are you all facing right now?
1: I find as we go into discovery days, you know, there's there's a lot of pro, a lot of our events are are um, there's a little bit of prep and a little bit of breakdown. And um, whether it's you know hauling all the fort materials to the location, so what I'm what I'm trying to do, and I haven't, I just started promoting it, is getting parents or teenagers to possibly help me on those days. So that's one thing that I, because one thing that I want to promote because I think it will also create more um, engagement with that program as well. Um, and then Legacy Nights, we got um, one coming up October 11th, and we always need a few extra hands. Keeping the park clean, um, set, setting up and breaking down. We're getting a lot faster and better at it, but it's, it you know, it gets tiring. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. So, um, and then so mainly just you know getting, you know, just helping us as our events show up. We usually try to create a sign up that's also on our Facebook. So I've been trying to get at least getting them on our sign up. That way, the public knows where can where am I needed but also just um, one thing that I don't I don't consider them volunteers but they are is our instructors you know or people that come out that are educators you know they are volunteering their time so I'm always looking if you have a skill or knowledge and you want to teach our, our patrons I'm always open to pairing you up or connecting you with one of our programs or creating a program around what you have to offer if we feel like it aligns with what, what we're trying to teach I feel like what Hope just described,
2: I always, these, these three words ring out in my mind a lot as an executive director of a small nonprofit. And I'm sure other directors feel the same way, but we think about it as you can give your time. And I think about this personally, you can give your time, your talent, or your treasure. And Hope has described, you know, giving time volunteering, giving your talent as an instructor. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, if you don't have the ability to give either of those um, treasure. And what that means is we will gladly accept donations at any time (laughs) of the year. Um, We do have Good Giving Challenge coming up, which we're super excited for. We work very hard um, during that time to, you know, just to get the word out. Um, But we, we do work throughout the year to communicate with our donors so that they know what we're doing, so that they can see all of the programs that their donations provide. That's the way it runs with us. Um, we we're not we're, we're completely donor supported programs and events. and even Legacy Nights was completely sponsored by, um, by our community this year. We wouldn't have been able to do that. So time, talent, and treasure are three things to always think of as, as an individual who wants to be a part of something.
0: Okay, now we are going to go into something fun. We call this our BGCF. Fast facts. And that is where I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And then without thinking about it too hard, you're going to give me the first thing that pops up. Are you ready? No, but go anyway. <laughs> it's going to be fun, I promise. What are you reading right now?
2: Oh, I'm boring. I'm reading The Little Book of Gold. Um, it's by the same writer who wrote The Little Book of of Nonprofit Boards. Great book for fundraising for small nonprofits.
1: Getting that treasure. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I just got done with my graduate program. I am not reading anything. <laughs> Please <laughs> take a except, break. Except um, I did get something every time for my programs. I We have a, a lady named Misty Strain who's at the public library. So whenever I'm doing a subject, I try to ask her for guidance. I think Be Quiet Mike is a kid's book that she suggested about music. So that was what I was reading this week. Oh, that's very fun. What are you watching right now? I am not watching much,
2: but I'm waiting for the great British baking oh. show which airs on Friday. I've Something. never been so excited I for know. anything in my life. I've been rewatching the reruns. That Paul just...
0: Hollywood. He's taken <laughs> over my whole life. I just love him. <laughs>
1: Good. I when I'm not watching trash to, you know, oh, decom- yes. you know, um, decompress, I just started watching Untold series. Um I really enjoy it. I'm not even an athlete, but it's mainly about athletes that are overcoming something in their life, and they go into great detail about how they've come to be who they are.
0: Okay, so you've seen the Manti Teo episode. Oh,
1: yeah, that one was wild. <laughs> That was really Did wild. Did you
0: watch the hockey episode?
1: Is it the sailboat one, or...? I don't think so.
0: Let me tell you, there's a hockey episode. It is going to blow your mind. Wow. The Manti Teo situation made me very angry. Yeah. But the the hockey episode, it's so cool. I'm going to get a jersey, honestly. I can't remember what it's called, but please watch it.
1: Very (laughs) captivating.
0: What are you listening to right now?
2: We're listening to a lot of Legacy Nights concerts <laughs> yeah, is what we're listening it's a to. Good plug. We really are. And we've brought some great musicians, so I've listened a lot to um a guy we brought out earlier this summer, Eric Bolander.
1: Yeah, I mean Rags and Riches I really enjoyed From last, last night. night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love um just local musicians. You know, there's a lot coming out of Estill County. Of yeah, uh, you know, Sonora mm-hmm. May, Sabria College alum, so I'm always gonna have her in prop if I can. So yep. And then just local stuff. So, what are you eating right now? Man, I feel like you're exposing a lot of things about <laughs> me. I'm trying to eat really good right she now. Is. And so, Proud of you. I, I just up the park is Wendy's, and they have this Parmesan Caesar salads that I've been <laughs> eating regularly because when I'm like, oh, I want to get something really bad, I just run up to Wendy's and get that parmesan sushi. the fact that you can go to Wendy's and get a salad without getting a frosty is very impressive <laughs>
0: yes, very impressive
2: it is I have a 17 year old boy who just got had a birthday and we got him a sushi making kit so we're eating oh, lots of sushi exciting yeah is he good at it he is good at it that's
0: exciting he
2: makes a bunch though almost too much sometimes
0: and so <laughs> yeah what's the go-to roll
2: um he likes like a um it's always veg- mostly vegetarian, but cucumber and mm-hmm. yeah, shrimp sometimes. The but good yeah. Stuff.
0: yeah. What are you most scared of?
1: You got one? <laughs> I do have one. The rabid raccoons that are taking over my neighborhood. <laughs> I live on the river. There's a lot of I rabid don't need to raccoons. I not into detail, but they're around. <laughs>
2: I'm most scared of, and Hope knows this, my 17-year-olds have started driving themselves around. Yes. There's two of them in the same car, and um, they just got their license. So that is terrifying, and for the parents out there, the fact that you make it through and don't lose your mind is is very impressive to me.
0: (laughs) I have a very embarrassing story. The day that I got my driver's license, I was leaving the parking lot, and I slammed into somebody. And I was like, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. They should not have given me my driver's license. But oh, I remember picking up my younger brothers and just watching my mom cry in the rearview mirrors. We were like, we're going to go get blizzards. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. So Bye. I understand what you're saying. What are you most proud of? Well,
2: I'll, I'll right. go. Um, I'm most proud of... My my kids have been homeschooled for their entire school careers, so I will take pride, and I think I'm going to walk across the graduation <laughs> yes. with them yes. and wave to everybody because as a homeschool parent who also has worked full-time for probably half of that, um, them graduating, I'm really proud that we you got this be. far, and they did really well, and they tested well. You know, all those things that you're fearful of as a homeschool parent that they're that you'll throw them out there and they'll take their first, whatever, ACT or whatever and bomb it. They didn't. So we're good to go. That's great. And we got two homeschoolers <laughs> going to graduate.
1: I think for me, um, you know, if I had kids, I feel like I would definitely <laughs> incorporate <laughs> my family. But um, I think just coming back to Kentucky, you know, I a few years ago, I picked up my life and, and I knew I wanted to be back here. But to like, when I look back on the last four years and see the life I've created and all the friends in the community and the skill sets that i've picked up along the way and and even changing my job recently to to create more balance in my life mm-hmm. i'm just really proud to make those steps to create a life that i love mm-hmm. that's nice beautiful. who do you look up to
2: well i um i just read a quote by someone and it was about it was talking about women who face the great their greatest challenges in life and the only I guess it's about women who face the greatest challenges in life and ask what's next, yeah. as in bring it. Um, and I really look up to those women, and I think Clark County in particular has a bunch of them. And one who is going to be leaving Clark County, if she hears this, I hope mm-hmm. she does, but is, um, is our Community Service Executive Director, Debbie Fatkin, is going to be leaving. She's going to be um resigning her position so she can go and be a full-time grandmother. Um, and I'm really proud of her. I've known her for years and years and worked with her. But she's just that woman who, and despite whatever challenges um, she's faced with, she's always just saying, what next, mm. and can do that gracefully. And so, Shout
1: out to Debbie. Yeah,
2: yeah, she's something.
1: Yeah, I think I look up to people that are, are just doers, so, you know, if they're, you hear so many people talk about their beliefs or, you know, what they want to do. And when I see people doing things, whether it's at the park that we're going into this, you know, uh, a big pit to do the stream or just people in our community, the, um, you know, in Eastern Kentucky, all the things going on there. When I see people mm-hmm. going and doing, going and actually, instead of just saying that they want to do something, going out and doing it. Right. So. Just doers. I just appreciate anyone that's a doer. Love it. What are you most looking forward to?
0: You go first. What's yours? <laughs> yeah. What
1: am I most looking forward to? I don't know. I think, I think, everything, I'm going back to doing. I just look forward to, like, you know, in myself seeing a skill that's refined or in others. I love seeing people being empowered, you know, by predominantly skills. I'm such a hands on person. Mm-hmm. So, um, just what I see, whether it's our Girl Scout learning a new skill or um, me looking back and realizing I've learned a little bit more myself, I just I just like the the power of learning and and doing.
2: And that. I will make a comment about hope. She finds that peace in everything she does. Where mm-hmm. I sometimes am like a little more frustrated, she always says. But she's learning or they're learning how to do this or this. Um, and so she can always find that positive connection. I think that's really great. Everything she does kind of has a, a qualitative outcome. Um, mm. And I think that's really cool. I am most looking forward to, and this is so selfish, a cold, <laughs> snowy winter. Yes, <laughs> Because despite how much we love the park, I love the park. I love it in winter. We literally took... One deep breath in after summer and Hope just ran with more programming for fall. So now we're just as busy. And I think the only thing that will stop her, and it probably won't even stop her, (laughs) will be like a snowstorm. So I said, get ready because it's going to snow.
0: There's going to be a skill share of how to make the perfect snowman. (laughs) It's going to be so fun. (laughs) She'll think of something. Yes. Why do you love your community? Oh, I love
2: Clark County um, because they show up. Um, I think they really do. You know, with our community partnerships, our sponsors for Legacy Nights, um, every time we turn and ask someone, they say yes. They say yes. Um, and, And not only are like the organizations and the businesses there supportive, but the fact that... People showed up for every night of our concert series. The families show up for all of our days um, of, of the Wild Wonders and Discovery days. You know, it's, it's a quiet, um, kind of sleepy town sometimes, but when you call, they'll show up. That's what I love.
1: Definitely. I, I would have to say the same thing. I, I was working between Madison County and Clark County, and I'm right smack dab in the middle So, I didn't work as much in in Winchester until recently, but last year my my neighborhood flooded Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, pretty drastically. And that's when I got to know a lot of the partners that I still work with today because they showed up. I mean, a lot of people from the road department showing up and doing working Mm -hmm. long hours and hauling all the debris and the volunteers in the church groups. Um, and it doesn't really seem, you know, to me, I know that there's issues within small communities, but when there is a big issue that affects the community, I think that people do come together and they, you know, you're seen in Winchester. So I'm, I really like kind of working officially now since February in Winchester. Why do you love yourself? We both look at
2: each other like I don't know. Why do you love yourself? I,
1: I like that. I mean, going back, I like that I'll take any challenge. You know, I I love. You know, I just I love that I like. We'll just try anything once. Um, you know, and and working more in construction. Just I love my ability to like overcome, especially as a woman working in a. You know, not necessarily as much now, but working in a technical field, and trying to take on what people think as male dominated careers or pathways or a task, you know, if, you, if it's male dominated, I'm like, I try to empower women and I like that I've become that person. Mm-hmm. That if it's a technical skill, I'm like, we, we, don't, need to, we don't need to call a man. We, <laughs> we can figure it we out. We can do this. Yeah.
2: And, and, and to echo her, her comments, um, I could not have picked a better program coordinator. Um, I often think of what I would be doing if I hadn't Um, hired Hope. And I hate to think about that because she is the only person who would get as dirty and gross (laughs) as I would at a park. And we do. um, We work hard together to do some of the things that maybe we should. No, we can do it. What am I
1: saying? (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm thinking we should just hire her out for that. But when we can do things together, um, we do. And I think that's great. And so I I do compliment uh, Hope on that because, yeah. That's it's awesome to have her on board. Um, what do I love about myself? I, I you know, I, I, don't know specifically. I think um, I do have a. I hope to be fair and just, um, and um, try to be a, a decent director and support um, for for what Hope's doing and for what our community is trying to do. Um, I'm try try to be engaged, volunteer in those types of things. So. Um, And I guess what I love most is that I can, you know, pass those on to the people that I love who are also um, trying to be just as um, involved and engaged in our community.
0: Mm. Last official question. If people wanted to donate time, talent, treasure, or if they wanted more information on your upcoming programming, where can people find you and be in touch with you all?
2: We have, um, we have both Facebook, Instagram, and a website. Um, our Facebook and Instagram is Legacy Grove Park. And if they search, I'm guessing that's going to come up. Yes. <laughs> and then our, um, our website is actually LegacyGreenscapes.org. Um, but I think our most up-to-date, is Hope was saying, our most up-to-date information is definitely on our Facebook And we also have created some groups. So if you're really interested in the drum group, they have their own page where we kind of communicate with them. The kids have their own page of the family programming. Legacy Nights has its own events. So we're out there. um, And and ultimately, if you can't get a hold of any of those or if you don't have access to that or a computer, give us a call. Um, We're right there in Winchester, more than happy to talk with you about giving
1: time, talents, or treasure. One thing that I want to push to is our newsletter. We're we're mm. just now trying to under you know we understand that not everyone's on social media, and True. I think more people are trying to cut themselves off of social yes. media. And although we're not as frequent with our newsletters, if there's a big event, we try to get them out, and then um, we will try to get things on the newsletter because we realize you know social media is getting less I think less popular potentially. So um, we are trying to get people signed up to those newsletters and not. Not crowd your inbox, but at least monthly or you know whenever there's something big. Yeah.
0: Um. Last question, just out of curiosity, what do you all think of the term granola? Because you've heard (laughs) of people like granola people. Is that (laughs) offensive? Do you love that? How How do you feel about the term granola? I I like granola
2: people. (laughs) I probably am a granola person. Are you a granola? Well,
1: someone, I think it's funny because I don't think of that. I don't hear that term very often. Like, out West, I feel like I heard Mm -hmm. it more. And then someone said, oh, I thought you were a granola, but you're way more. (laughs) Is that like tree
0: hugger in some way? I
1: mean, to be fair, I don't know what
0: the opposite of granola is, but I've heard granola person as a term. Granola, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably someone like as a snack eats granola and wears like, you know. Chacos or something. Environmentally <laughs> yeah. friendly.
2: Environment. I'm looking at my
0: but the overall is we're fine with granola people. Oh, heck like yeah. Yes. If they want right. to come out to the park and volunteer for us, we'd love to have <laughs> <you>. fantastic <laughs> Ladies, thank you all so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks this for was having so us. lovely. Good. I Great. can't wait to go to Legacy Nights. I can't wait to go to beekeeping. I'm scared oh. of bees, but I want to get over that because <laughs> I love nice. them so much. So Good. we're going to figure it out. But thank awesome. you all so much. I really appreciate you all being here. Thank
2: you for having us. Yes, we love it super fun. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at bgcfky, or visit us on our website at bgcf.org to stay updated on all of the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.